we don't live in the old world of Photoshop where kind of you can you can really to a human eye detect if something's been manipulated. You really need AI combined with kind of like the immutability and the timestamp of blockchain to to provide those assurances. Happy today to connect with Spiro Antonopoulos. He is the director of solutions architecture at Solidus Labs. Welcome, Spiro. Great to be here, Josh. Thanks for having me. Maybe as a starting point, you can just kind of walk us through your background and how it led you to this role at Solidus. I spent uh, a number of years consulting um, first at a boutique insurance consulting firm that was doing work. Um, at some of the largest uh, life insurance carriers. Um, and, uh, you know, following kind of a, a stint in advisory consulting, I joined a startup that was focused on uh, building out uh, crypto solutions for sub Saharan Africa. Spent a couple more years uh, in advisory consulting. And in that role, I kind of had a hybrid role uh, at a firm called Guidehouse. Uh, on the one hand, doing kind of the standard advisory work large-scale transformations, uh, but in, on the other hand, helping out our growing crypto practice. And so that, that kind of was a continued thread uh, that led me then to my current role at Solidus. The, the thread, at least for the last several years, has been my, my interest in kind of, and my conviction that uh, crypto is, is here to stay. Uh, the, the internet is here to stay, obviously. And uh, the, the one thing that, wasn't solved in the first revolution of the internet was kind of an internet native uh, way of transacting um, in a decentralized way. And I think now we're, we're thinking about um, how, how do we build the kind of the, the, the risk monitoring infrastructure um, as the technology infrastructure is being out, built out at the same time. You know, a lot of cryptocurrencies have uh, gotten knocked around recently. You know, just more broadly speaking, for those who who maybe still aren't that familiar with crypto, and those who maybe you know still get confused about crypto versus blockchain, and you know what is a Bitcoin versus blockchain, and those sorts of things. You know, can you can you can you maybe just step it up a level just to talk about more 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 generally the currencies versus the blockchain uses? Yeah. So at the highest level. Uh, the, the, uh, a blockchain is a distributed ledger that has different degrees of uh, kind of expressivity, depending on which uh, which blockchain um, and kind of what bells and whistles it has. Uh, what can you do with a decentralized computer? Uh, you can uh, have a ledger of transactions that they may represent financial transactions, they may represent uh, other events, uh, but this ledger uh, becomes immutable. It's a term that's thrown around as one of the kind of core attributes of blockchains. So it's it's tamper-proof. You can't. It's very difficult and expensive for bad actors to go in and reorder the transactions or or change the source of truth. So that's one of the real values of it. Um, it's also decentralized. And now decentralization is thrown around as a buzzword that uh, is uh, is kind of a, a, a pure good in some circles. And clearly, decentralization uh, has its drawbacks. It's much harder to coordinate. Uh, if you're a software company and you want to 
uh, you want to make uh, kind of upgrades in a focused way. It's very hard to do this uh, if you're dealing with uh, decentralized consensus. So I immediately went into the weeds, but at the highest level, uh, these are decentralized ledgers uh, that are immutable and secured uh, in, in different ways. Now, what's, what's Bitcoin? What's Ether? These are the native currencies. So Bitcoin is the native token associated with the Bitcoin protocol. Uh, it's how the miners that are securing the network through this proof of work algorithm that we were talking about, it's how they're rewarded. They're also rewarded by transaction fees to a certain degree. Every new blockchain that's spun off, whether it's a fork of an original blockchain or kind of built from the ground up, um, uh, most of these have a native token associated with them. Then, of course, the native token starts to gain a value uh, depending on the utility of the blockchain itself and starts getting traded on secondary markets and so forth. And that's how we have now a crypto market uh, that I think has a $1.1 trillion market cap right now. I think the landscape is probably going to look a lot different in five years. Bitcoin and Ethereum will still be around. Um, a lot of the current projects will just kind of fade into the ether. But that's kind of how I would look at it. And so, you know, this is an insurance related and insure tech related podcast. So either things you're seeing today or where you see the industry could use it either from a risk management perspective or more from just a... Uh, efficiency and transaction management perspective? I mean, what sort of applications do you see today and what do you see coming down the road? There are two aspects of, you know, thinking about insurance and, and blockchain, broadly speaking. The one is, can insurance play a role in actually insuring the companies or the assets or even some of these decentralized protocols? Is there a role to play there? Um, and I think the second thing is, what can blockchain actually do within the insurance ecosystem, within the insurance life cycle from, you know, from, you know, distribution, from so selling and buying a policy all the way through, you know, underwriting and, and, and claims. Um, and I think within that, within that second category, you know, the way I think about it is insuring on-chain assets and then insuring real world assets tied to blockchain. There are other people who are more sort of trying to provide the infrastructure to help the state farms of the world kind of, uh, you know, construct these policies or handle the claim side or whatever it is they may be, uh, may be doing. Yeah, I think what, what we might start seeing actually is rather than, um, you know, blockchain being some end to end panacea for, you know, uh, offering binding and and you know managing the claims process uh, of insurance policies is like uh, aspects of, of blockchain being able to support aspects of the insurance life cycle and so i'm thinking of one startup in particular called attestive um, who i happen to know because they're boston based and i know the founder uh, they're focused on uh, basically uh, photo video and other data manipulation um, and they use blockchain and AI to basically pr uh, provide a tamper-proof record of uh, evidence that you might submit uh, as you're uh, buying a policy, uh, whether it's home insurance or auto insurance, uh, or evidence that you might submit at the time of claim. And if you're using blockchains that are very hardened from a security perspective and basically have a you know, near zero probability of being uh, tampered with, 
um, then you can, as an insurance company, uh, you know, feel very assured that the photo or the video evidence or other data that you're receiving, either as part of the risk assessment or part of the, the claims, uh, the initial claims filing, uh, that it's not been tampered with. Is, is there a potential model where a risk pool, or a pool of people, a pool of organizations could somehow, you know, use this technology to uh, opt in or, you know, to a, to, a, to a single pool, decentralized pool, um, and, and sort of in the way you were describing with Nexus, you know, someone has a claim, the group can decide if that claim gets paid out and, you know, they view themselves as having maybe a similar risk profile, better risk profile than the broader market, and therefore it's sort of in their interest to, um, I don't know if self-insure is quite the right word, but 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 essentially create their own, um, you know, pool separate from the broader markets. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. And frankly, one of the reasons that I do think there's, um, you're gonna see a lot of growth in, in kind of the risk management um, risk pooling area uh, using blockchain technology. I mean, if you think about kind of just the the model of mutuals, right, where in theory the policyholders are the owners, um, and that dates back to some of the kind of the early uh, uh, the early formation of mutuals, were, which were communities of of settlers in colonial America, and kind of um, where where they pooled their resources and said, you know. One day it's going to be your turn. Next year it's going to be your turn, and we all have yeah. a common interest. And that's very primitive, but in a way, I think now with digital technology, uh, we're going to be able to interact with people with similar interests and similar risk profiles electronically, um, in kind of cryptographically secure ways, um, in ways that we can divulge information about ourselves or about the things that we're insuring. Um, we can prove that these things exist without necessarily divulging all this uh, personal information. There's a lot of really interesting privacy preserving technology that is not blockchain, but um, can be integrated with blockchains uh, to enable kind of that data sharing layer. And so I do think that um, you're, you're going to see a lot more of these communities build up. So last question is, you know, you did a fair amount of work in the life insurance space earlier in your career. So does the privacy element of blockchain somehow, you know, help that segment out? Or do you see other areas where 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 maybe the life and health side um, have applications? I, I don't, I'm not super bullish on blockchain and life chain in life insurance, to be honest. I think actually the privacy is a, um, is a detriment right now because, uh, Blockchain transactions are not private. They're uh, they're they're pseudonymous, so you can be anonymous, but your 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 transaction is recorded on the network. And with enough sleuthing technology, a lot of which is off the shelf today, and a little bit of kind of open source research, and if law enforcement cares about it and wants to devote devote resources to something, um, it's very hard to hide on the blockchain, on any of the public blockchains. So I don't think you get the privacy benefits yet, and I haven't seen yet a kind of killer use case um, for for the life sector. And I, I, I would love to have answered opposite, but I really I really see it in other domains of insurance first. 
really appreciate your time, Spiro. Is there anything else we didn't cover that you'd like to touch on before we wrap up? No, just if you want to know more about Solidus Labs, uh, follow us on any of the social media channels or uh, solidislabs.com. We offer what we call the triple threat surveillance, so uh, tra trade surveillance, threat intelligence, and transaction monitoring uh, for both crypto native firms, and we work with regulators, um, regulated banks, large asset managers that are trying to play in the space. And um, you know, we're we're really we're really focused on this notion of um, giving companies the tools for for uh, internal risk management. Uh, rather than necessarily uh, doing risk management as a result of regulatory mandates. Great. Well, Spiro Antonopoulos, Director of Solutions Architecture at Solidus Labs, really appreciate having you on. Thank you, Josh. It was great.